So, uh, Lisa, thanks you. Uh, thank you uh, for joining the show today. What was your uh, initial reaction when you heard that the uh, Highland Cottage Hospice House was closing? Oh, gosh, I had all kinds of mixed emotions. I think the first was shock and the second was disappointment. Um, the I think initial reaction was also grief um, for those that won't have an opportunity to be cared for in that environment that was created specifically for end of life situations and was built by the community. Yeah, because you, you wrote on the uh, the Bay Bluffs uh, blog, quote, I was uh, intimately involved in the creation of this hospice residence. So I know firsthand how incredible the community support was many years ago. What was your involvement? And for those who may not know, how deeply involved was the community in getting that facility built? So my role at the time was as executive director for Hospice of Little Traverse Bay. And um, we created the Highland Cottage. Um, so intimately involved means I was the lead for building that facility. Um, I have pictures of my family standing on that hill before we broke ground um, right up through the opening and being there for the very first patients that we served. So I was with that organization for um, over 15 years and um, left there about two years after the cottage opened. And, you know, it, it was a true community effort. You know, we built that facility with community donations and some grant funds um, from the Kresge Foundation, and it was truly an every man's effort. And by that, I mean, we did not have major million dollar donors for that facility. We had lots and lots and lots of 25, 50, and $100 donations that totaled just over four and a half million dollars. And we had a very generous community of um, contractors and vendors who helped us with everything from donating our hospital beds that we purchased uh, or that needed to be purchased for uh, the patients there um, through all of our um, construction crew and support. So many different contributions were made cash and in kind to help bring that facility to life. And so again, it, it's it's it hits it hits hard. Um, I, I think being a true hospice professional, we understand the grief uh, that comes with this kind of a loss in the community um, of a community built resource. Yeah, and you you may have partially answered this question, but the, the outcry from the community was pretty immediate. Social media was was buzzing. Uh, what were some of the th themes that you've heard that you've seen in, in public discourse since that announcement? Again, a lot of grief. I think um, some tremendous comments from folks that have received services at the cottage, just illustrating why it's so necessary. There are, as much as we would all like to die in the peace and comfort of our own homes, surrounded by our families. That's just not possible for everyone in every situation. And the cottage was that safe place for people. Um, it meant they didn't have to be in the hospital. And it means they 
don't have to be in a place where maybe end of life care isn't the primary um, care and service that's being provided. And, and so one of the common themes I saw was just an outpouring of love and um, sharing of experiences of families who utilized the services at the cottage. The other thing was just anger and frustration. Um, I think anytime you have a community resource that was built with so many community dollars and support and um, the owner makes a, a change, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult for people to address that change um, because of how important it's been for so many folks. Um, so that's one of the reasons that we decided to put out information. And, you know, I started at Bay Bluffs over nine years ago. I have a tremendous number of colleagues I've worked with in the hospice industry over the years who also work with me at Bay Bluffs. And one of the things that we've tried to educate our community about, as you and I talked um, a few weeks ago, Nick, is about you know, our short-term rehab services and, and getting people rehab to go home and our long-term care supports and services and dementia care and services. But what I haven't talked about, because we didn't want to compete with the Highland Cottage because it's such a specialty service, um, we don't talk about generally the kind of end-of-life care that is provided in a nursing home. And and that was very intentional and that was very purposeful. Um, so I think back circling back to community reaction, I think it's a lot of grief, a lot of frustration. Um, I don't know that the community realized just how much resource it was taking on the part of McLaren's health system to keep that facility open. And I, and I don't know that the community knew how long that had been going on, that, that there was a financial challenge there. So, um, you know, I can understand from the corporate side of things that you've got to make decisions to ensure that you're financially viable as an entity. But I also understand that this was a community built resource. And I'm not sure the community really understood just how challenging financially it was to operate the cottage and and whether the community had an opportunity to help support that. So lots of different elements there to answer that question for you. But Yeah, for sure. Well, um, um, how, how is uh, Bay Bluffs planning on filling in any gaps left behind by this closure? I, I know that there's already kind of an ongoing, you know, staffing shortage. And yes. we're going to talk about more about that later. But just uh, in the kind of in the uh, short term here. <laughs> Uh, what are you guys doing to, to step up? So, as I mentioned, you know, we really haven't talked too much about how nursing homes um, provide end of life care all, all the time, every day. And at Bay Bluffs, because we have so many staff, including our medical director, Paul Blanchard, who is um, a hospice and palliative care trained physician, um, you know, we really haven't talked about the fact that this is the kind of care we provide every day. It just happens to be in probably a less ideal setting, shall we say, than the Highland Cottage, which was very specific to, um, you know, having a family unit be able to be together in one location if they were able to do that and, and provide that end of life care. So at Bay Bluffs, what are we doing right now? We have um, some renovation that we've been doing. 
And we have six rooms set aside that um, we could potentially provide support for uh, folks that are on hospice care. So they could be receiving hospice services at home from McLaren Hospice or Hospice of Michigan or any of the other community providers. And if for some reason they're not able to remain at home because there's a pain management issue, a symptom management issue, or a caregiver issue, that that's part of the challenge that we face in our community is that sometimes when you're on hospice care and your spouse um, is there to provide care for you, they they can't do the kinds of things that are necessary to help keep you safe and comfortable at the end of your life. So all of those situations combined, we are opening um, a few beds so that we could potentially bring those folks in from home, still partner with that community hospice program. I want to make sure the community knows we're not taking on hospice services, but we are offering that residential home-like feel for hospice providers and hospice patients to come to when they can't be cared for at home. The hospital is not a place for a dying person. Um, again, if if asked, most of us would say we want to be at home to die. <clears throat> and if that's not possible, we want to fill that gap. We don't know what the long-term outcome is going to be for the Highland Cottage and that building. Hopefully there will be some additional alternatives that come to be because if you look at our community demographic, we are a very aging population <laughs> and, 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 and we have kind of an inverse uh, uh, pyramid going on where we have a much older population and many fewer younger folks to do the caregiving. So these sorts of residential care settings are going to be very, very necessary for our community moving forward. So hopefully there's a positive outcome and, and we'll be able to utilize the Highland Cottage again. In the interim, Bay Bluffs wants to be there to offer that safe, comfortable space for folks. Again, we do this every day. Uh, we talked last time, Nick, about the fact that nursing homes are not the place folks want to move into. It's not high on your bucket list, but it's a place where folks move into for long-term care when they can't be cared for at home. And it's a place where they generally spend the end of their life. So our team of nurses and nurse aides and all the rest of our support staff provide this safe, supportive, dignified care every single day. And we're going to partner with community hospice programs to make sure that we can sort of bridge the gap, if you will, of the Highland Cottage closure. You touched on a few things I want to I want to have a conversation about as well. And one of the things that you mentioned we talked about last time, the shortage of employees. We didn't really dig too deep with that, though. What are some of the the, the biggest challenges in, in filling these roles? Is it is it salary? Is it kind of a lack of housing in the area? What what have and things that you've heard? So the challenges are, you know, we had challenges with nursing shortages and we knew this was coming 20, 30 years ago. I'm not sure the community realized how difficult it was going to be. And then the pandemic hit and you had, you know, nursing staff, both uh, registered nurses, LPNs, and then certified nurse aides who'd been working in healthcare for their entire careers and the pandemic hit and early retirement was a was a great option 
to not have to deal with further burnout and exhaustion that was created by by COVID-19. Um, so that has compounded the challenge in, in the nursing shortage. So for us in our nursing home setting, our staff, about 40% of our staff travel from outside of Emmett County to come to work um, because there is a housing housing shortage. Affordable housing is really difficult to come by in the Petoskey Harbor Springs area. And um, so for us, it's looking outside of our county for staff. Um, then it childcare is another issue. I think we found that we had folks leave our organization during the pandemic because someone had to be home with the kids when schools closed and daycares closed. And they realized financially they could manage on one income. And some of those folks haven't returned to the workforce. Um, I think 2024, 2025 will be the years that we start to see an increase again in available nursing staff and nurse aid staff. Um, I think we're far enough out here with learning how to live with COVID-19 that um, we have much better practices and um, uh, supports, I would say, in place for nursing staff that, that we'll see an increase. And I think North Central Michigan College has certainly put themselves in a position to support that for all of us that are in healthcare and needing the staff. But it is a challenge. As I mentioned, the, the pyramid is a little bit upside down in our community and more aging folks with fewer uh, folks there to provide the supportive care that's needed. So we're trying to be creative. Um, we are at Bay Bluffs. You know, we certainly can't compete with hospital wages for nurses. That is a big challenge that we have um, based on our reimbursement structure. So we're doing the best we can to create an environment where people want to be there to work. They feel like they're part of a team and they want to help us move into the next, you know, the next five to 10 years of success and, and quality of care, which we, we had talked about the last time. So definitely housing, child care, wages are an issue for anyone seeking to grow health care staff. Um, and I would say that North Central Michigan College has been an incredible partner in being creative about how we fill the educational gaps and offer train high level training, excellent excellent training for local community members to have a very solid career in healthcare in our region. I do want to talk about uh, NCMC here in a second, but kind of before that, because we just talked about why it's it's hard to find people who are currently you know in the workforce. Uh, because of the housing, because of child care, salary, things of that nature. But people do like sure things. And, and maybe high school graduates <laughs> are not this forward thinking. But in this economy, which has its ups and downs, stability is pretty crucial. And if you go into the nursing profession, you're practically guaranteed a job after graduation. And yet there remains a shortage. Any insight into why that is? You know, that's a really great question. I I don't have a great answer for that. I, I feel like you hit the nail on the head. There is no shortage of exceptional options for nurses in, in our region and across the country. So I I don't know. I I think during the pandemic, 
we found that a lot of even local nurses took jobs with traveling nurse agencies because they were paying them more. They had short stints in different places throughout the country. They had multiple opportunities to travel and and do other things. And again, the pay was significantly more than what any of us um, you know, could pay them to be a permanent staff member. Again, I think we see that changing a little bit more now that the urgency of the pandemic has subsided. And hopefully some of those folks that had been out traveling um, will come back home to work permanently. But that's one of the things that we're trying to partner with local high schools and um, and NCMC to figure out how do we engage local students to not only receive excellent training in their own community, but also to stay here to work. And um, and that's one of the, that's one of the things that we're trying to to figure out. And and that's partly the reason for us right now at Bay Bluffs that we, you know, we have 120 licensed certified beds, and I have. Um, 75 of those beds available because I don't have the staff to deliver quality care for 120 beds. And so as a, as a company, we're trying to figure out how do we build, you know, appropriate pay, a great work environment and reduce the stress on those staff so that they want to stay with us and they want to bring their friends to work with us (laughs) as well. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know <clears throat> where we find that next generation of nurses and nurse aides, and that's going to be a crisis in all of healthcare for many years to come. You had mentioned North Central, and we've seen in recent days and weeks changes to how <laughs> North Central Michigan College is going to handle its nursing degrees. They partnered with Davenport to offer graduates online bachelor's degrees. So they don't need to leave the area, which allows them to stay here and maybe work part time. And then once they graduate, they can they can look in the area for jobs as well. So I'm assuming you see this as a step in the right direction. How helpful is that going to be? And is there any other steps that um, you think need to be taken to encourage potential hires to to move here or nursing graduates to stay here? Right. I think absolutely what North Central is doing and and what they have done over the last several years to partner with, especially in healthcare, partner with those of us who are in the industry. Um, They've been very open to feedback from us about what we need and how we need it provided. And they've been very adaptable in how they're delivering that education and support. So I think the, the idea that you can stay locally and finish a bachelor's degree right here at home is just absolutely a fantastic, fantastic opportunity for our nursing students. Um, we partnered with North Central Michigan College and relaunched a fast track certified nurses aid program, which the first two courses have been full. Um, and I even believe we have a waiting list for this next class. And again, it has just been a fantastic partnership to get people who maybe haven't had any healthcare experience at all into a career in healthcare in a very fast, obviously fast track uh, way. And then then hopefully help to promote and fill 
from the nurse aid program, you know, encourage people to go on to be part of the LPN, the licensed practical nurse program, or to then make that next step into a registered nurse, uh, bachelor of nursing degree. So I think we're building all of the right steps and and pieces with North Central Michigan College. And I think it's going to take us another, another year or so to fully develop those. But it could be a very great gap filler for all of us in healthcare for the to have these partnerships um, with North Central. So I I know that you know their success as a co- community college and filling those programs directly impacts my success as a nursing home administrator and and our team success in providing quality exceptional care. And I'm sure it's no different for the hospital. Um, where these folks come from and how we bring them up to Northern Michigan. Again, I think that all ties back to the housing challenges that we have. You know, when you're starting out, you are guaranteed a job as a nurse, but there's no guarantee you're going to have that exceptional wage and not have other debt to deal with. So affordable housing is absolutely critical. It is absolutely critical for our region to be able to offer that to entice folks to move to the area. I think we have great schools in the region. I think we have an amazing healthcare system. We have all the outdoor activities and the arts. We are missing the housing component. And I think until we get that fixed, we're not going to attract young people to the area to fill this gap in our healthcare staffing. Yeah, certainly. It's been uh, many, many years of uh, shortages, increasing shortages. Hopefully it won't be as many years for uh, kind of fixing the problem as well. So we're speaking with Lisa Ashley, the Bay Bluffs administrator. Lisa, thanks for taking the time to join us today and uh, giving all this uh, insight for us about the the Highland Cottage closure and the uh, kind of moving forward, how to how to fix these uh, problems we're facing. I really appreciate you uh, chatting with me today and the opportunity to help provide education and, and information to the community. Thanks, Nick.